experienced in these blackouts, blackouts, stretches of time you can't account for. Star date 01-25-2022. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. This is your captain, Jose Valle Jr., joined virtually by my trusted co-host and first officer, Mr. Mason Schrader. Malcolm Mason, Hello. what's new with you? You've been a little sick. How are you feeling? Yeah, I got COVID, and that was a bummer, um, but I'm better now. Um, I took a bunch of horse dewormer and I drank oh, wow. my own piss. And, and that now, worked. I mean, obviously, you can tell by looking at me, I feel great. I look amazing. Um, and I also got vaccinated in the booster. So, um, and so it's hard to say for sure. Which you know, I've one? always been, yeah. mm-hmm. I've always been more of a centrist. So what I like to do is everything. Mm. Um, so I don't know if it was the piss or the horse dewormer or the science-backed vaccines that made me feel better, but. As as someone who's Either not way. a scientist, I'm gonna say mm-hmm. it was probably the horse dewormer. Just well, because, you know, I just think it's important to ask questions, right? And like, you know, you had it prescribed by an actual doctor who you paid uh, and is sketchy, um, mm-hmm. and isn't an actual doctor, and isn't an actual doctor, but was a man in an alley. Mm-hmm. So, like, who are we gonna trust? You know? He had a white coat on. That's true. He might have been a butcher, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because he did come out of the back door of the There was shop. a lot of blood on him, but he assured mm-hmm. me it was just from surgery, which, you know, Makes at sense. the time, it checked out, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Mason's a little sick, so maybe that, if you notice, like, man, he seems a little a little laid back today. Cut him, cut him some slack. All yeah. Right? He's recovering. Always cut me. Always from, cut me some slack. I'm always I mean, always cut him some slack. He's always... Um, please don't ever hold me to any sort of high standards, um, lower, lowest expectations possible for me. And that's, uh, that's how we roll. Yeah. So today, Mason, we have a bit of a doobie of an episode. Uh, we're going to be taking a look. I'm sorry. Did you say a doobie of an episode or a doozy? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you definitely meant to say doozy, but you definitely said doobie, I wrote, didn't you? I wrote doobie, so pretty sure. That's not a thing. That doesn't exist unless it's like a Cheech and Chong episode. This uh, is that's a not a thing. Doobie of an episode, Mason. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm hip. I do marijuana with the kids. You know. I uh, love the, the I'm cool. I'm cool. Uh, I will say this. This is not a paid sponsor, but if you are someone who likes the kush, um, does that automatically disqualify me from why, talking about it? <laughs> I just don't understand why you're doing. Do you know how there was like? I mean, I went through a phase in high school where I was mm-hmm. like, if I make an ugly picture or an ugly face in this picture, you know, it's like, it's like it's funny and ironic, yeah. and then I won't actually be ugly. Um, it's like you're doing that where it's like if I just like lean really hard into weed, it's gonna not be weird. But yeah. it's like it's like if we were buying weed, I would have told I would have left you by now and been like, why don't you go wait in the car? I'll buy the weed. You wait in the car. 
because of the way you're like, what's up? Yeah, no, I mean, we do, we do the weeds sometimes. We do kush. We do. We do, we do the, we do the cabbage, the hey, levels, Jose, devil's lettuce. Uh, Jose, go wait in the car, okay? <laughs> I'm going to talk to these guys. Go wait what, in the car. What's up with your friend? Is he a narc? No, he's I, just. No, he's very, uh, listen, look how sweaty he is, okay? He's very nervous. I'm waving from the car window. <laughs> But anyway, I will say this. This is not a sponsor, but uh, if you, I think if you listen to our podcast, you probably have heard us talk about last podcast or listen to them as well. Uh, they put out a line of weed vapes um, and like uh, carts. Um, it's pretty good. I'll say that. That's all I'll say. You go if you if you like weed, if you like smoking, you like live resin. And this this sounds like a paid ad, but it's not. I just it genuinely really, really like it, and so I feel like I should recommend it because I like them too. And uh, they do. Um, the profits from it go to the uh, Last Prisoner Project, which is like um, they're trying to get people who have been committed uh, for um, uh, marijuana-related uh, crimes out of prison. So pretty cool. Anyway, let's talk it about cool. death. So yeah. today, Mason, we have a doobie of an episode. We are going to be taking a look at one of the lesser-known cults and their heinous act that resulted in the death of three women this is the story of the Alexander family. It's a tale of blind devotion and complete and utter submission by the members of this family, who even while they were being murdered, did not fight against their beliefs. Exciting. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. Because we're about to it. get into some incestuous bloody details. Was that a misspeak? Did you misspeak nope. then? Oh, no. Incestuous. Oh, man. Mason. I was really hoping you yeah. meant to say, Oh, like, Mason, this, one, this one's very fun. Uh, and by very fun, I mean it made me feel very yucky, and I had to take a shower afterwards. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, let's do it. All right. So, you know, we said last uh, couple episodes again ago that you should just come into our show expecting trigger warnings. So just keep that in mind. Uh, today, well, anyway. So let's, let's get into it. I never know how to address this, but yucky stuff is coming, people. The story of the Alexander family murders begin in Hamburg, Germany. You know Hamburg? Hamburg? Is that where the hamburger was invented? I believe so, actually. Perhaps. But that's exciting. Perhaps. It starts with a man named Harold Alexander and a sect known as the Lorber Society. Harold was a stonemason who, through a series of events, came into contact with a man named George Riley. That's R funny. I'm a human mason. Oh, wow. Dun, 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 dun. We're, uh, we're keeping it light today. <laughs> That's A-grade comedy. Riley was the leader of the Lorber Society. This is a Christian sect slash cult rooted in the Christian faith. However, their beliefs differ slightly in a stricter fashion. Most devoted Christians will practice self-denial and abstain from certain sexual practices or societal temptations like alcohol and drugs. Or, if you're one of our Mormon friends, coffee and hot drinks that aren't hot chocolate because hot chocolate is yummy. Well, hot chocolate is a delightful it is uh, very yummy. thing, and coffee is for um, sinners and people that go to hell. Yes. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows that. If you heat up a pop, is that illegal? Probably. Well, I mean... Uh, they can't drink certain pops. Like, the very devout ones will not drink any uh, soda with caffeine in it. That's actually good. Soda's terrible for you. Don't drink it. This is brought to you by uh, Propel Water. <laughs> it's like soda, <laughs> but it's water. Soda for Mormons. Propel. 
Uh, so this is the Lorber Society? The Lorber Society. They're like, okay. at the most, the Lorber Society probably only had a couple hundred members. I believe they're still active to this day, but there's not, it's very confusing if you try to look them up, I feel like. There's not like. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like a, it doesn't sound like a religious sect as much as it sounds like a, like a, like a club. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, yeah, it sounds like somewhere that like rich people go and go do rich people shit. I don't really know what rich people do. Mm. I'm assuming it's like go ooh, you know, a lot like with a little like a handkerchief. Is that uh-huh. still? Do you think you think that's do? like you think that's like the main thing? That yeah, they, they do, go though? into like, a you don't room think, and they go ooh. You don't think that's a reaction to things? You think that's the that's main the thing? That's the main thing bringing do? them in. Look, uh, I work at an undisclosed location where I come into contact with rich, but that makes it sound like I'm like I'm doing something sketchy. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to get fired from my job, but right. I come into contact with rich people a lot. And uh-huh. a lot of them go, ooh, is- and they wave little handkerchiefs in front of <laughs> my face. Cool. No, We had cool. a week of nothing, Mason. It's, it's weird. It's always weird getting back into the rhythm. No, hey, I listen. I think you're doing great. Um, <laughs> you're you're crushing it. Uh, rich people, they go, ooh, mm-hmm. a lot. They mm-hmm. do for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. However, the Lorber Society believes in total self-denial. They practiced so strictly and literally that no one within the society could really have a life outside of the group. Like cults. Right. They are, yeah, you know? Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Like well, so when you do. say self-denial, that's just like, that's like means like they just, everything that was, yeah, pretty much. That was fun, they don't yeah. do. You know, because that's a very, it's like a basic yeah. Christian thing to be like. Is that the thing of like, we have to suffer here to get into heaven? Is that like, is that where that, this belief stems from? I'm or? assuming. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like that's within. I feel like that's the whole of Christianity is like we hit everything we have to suffer so that we can get into heaven, kind of thing. So I feel like I yeah. do like how it's just like that's a it, it just feels right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just when religion, when it comes to religion, it's just like ah, I just err on the side of if you don't like it, it's probably okay, and yeah. if it's something you enjoy, you should probably like, stay away. Because like growing from it. up Catholic, there was definitely like self denial was a a thing that was. Not within my household, but with at church was like a thing that was brought up. Where like, yeah, you don't have sex before you're married. Like, you know, you try to abstain from alcohol and drugs. Except most of us are getting hammered on <laughs> on Saturday nights before we come to church. You know, this is the right. adults telling me this pretty much. Yeah, right. Um. So yeah, it was like that kind of thing of like. But it's okay. Well, but these just, guys, the Lorber yeah. Society, they were crazy about it, and we'll start to get and gotcha. we'll get into uh, you know, as to why. Also. I just started Midnight Mass, so, like, uh, mm. watching that and then covering this, I was like, Jesus, you know, like, like, Jesus, you know? Jesus, like, yeah. I get it. I've met him before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I, maybe I've met him. I don't know. So, that's I don't know thing. how it works. That's the thing. I like to think that he probably comes down every once in a while and just gauges people. I, I bet so. he loves me. I think Jesus. I think Jesus <laughs> and I could get a beer. That right there is going to upset so many people. <laughs> Um, actually, I was funny that I was coming on to the irony of, I think Jesus loves me. Like, that's his whole thing. That's his whole deal, yeah. is that he loves everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I think Jesus I think really Jesus likes me. might like me, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. one of the one of the key things that made them crazy, strict, was that they believed that everyone outside of their group is evil and of the devil. Oh, so like it's like a whisper Baptist You know, that's fucking rock. Thing? I mean, they're right about me. Yeah, that literally when I wrote that sentence, I was like, "They're right about Mason." Yeah, like, he is uh, of the. Of if if the I devil. if someone asked me to describe you, I would say evil and of the devil. 
it's but evil in yeah. like a cartoony kind of way, not like in yeah, a committing yeah. genocide kind of way. You know? Yeah, I'm less. I'm not as much as I'm not as much of a Hitler as I am like um, Heinz do for like sure. Yeah, know? I was gonna yeah. say Dick Dastardly, but yeah, that's yeah. If anybody follows my too. Twitter, they know that this year I've devoted myself to being evil, and by that I just mean kind of zany and mischievous. More than um, anything, that's exciting. Know? I can be. I'd love to be your like Perry, where it's like I don't, but not like when I foil your plans, yeah. but the one where I just, you know what I mean, where yeah. I'm just like I actually, I'm like you're doing great. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. Every time I do an, 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 and I'm doing air quotations here, every time I do an evil act, Mason, I, I'll text yeah. you. And then, okay. And yeah. then you can send me a thumbs up. Yeah, that's great. Dude, yeah. you're doing awesome. Yeah. Hey, I just stole candy from a baby. Just two thumbs up. I, I think I should, I'd like to follow you around and give candy back to. Mm, yeah, you know, just um, kind of keep the yeah. balance of things, yeah. So you're going to be evil, but yeah. But yeah. Well, this is this has been fun. Um, so we're going to really do whatever we can to not talk about whatever terrible shit is about to yeah. happen, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. cool. After George and Harold met, it seemed that both men had a mutual respect and adoration for another. This led to Harold and his wife, Drogma, joining the Lorber Society and becoming quite close to George. What a name. And Drogma? Yeah. Uh, v- Is she a dragon yeah. from Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> it's Germany and names are different, but... <laughs> well, okay, Drogma? see... I would give that to you if it wasn't like this is Harold and this is George and this yeah. is oh of course Harold's wife Dragma the um, queen and then this of is the Tim. dragons <laughs> yes um, okay so okay so Harold and Harold and George are our two main guys right yeah so yeah Harold and, Alexander and George okay. Riley George Riley did, is the leader of the Lorber Society okay so did he set up the Lorber Society entirely no, no. then or? the Lorber okay, Society okay. was started by a man named Lorber thus the name. Back in, like, that, the 1800s or something. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. However, soon after the Alexanders joined the Lorber Society, George Riley fell ill, and it became very obvious to the followers that their leader would soon die. When George was on his deathbed, he was visited by Harold Alexander. Now, we aren't quite sure if what Harold claimed really transpired, but after Harold emerged from the room where he had a private conversation with George, he turned to his wife and told her that he was set to become the new leader of the Lorber Society, which is what I would do too. Mason, if you, <laughs> yeah. were, if you were the head of a club and you were dying and I went in there, I would come and be like, Mason said I'm in charge now. So, Honestly, though, but if I were the head of a cult, right, and I was dying, mm-hmm. I would do that to like six people. Yeah. <laughs> I'd call like people. six people in you one by one and be it. like, yeah. you're you in are, charge after you this. You're the head of the club. Because I don't, because me, because my cult is never going to be about any higher purpose. It's right. just going to be about gratifying my own personal wants and, and needs. Exactly, so, and I don't, I don't get why people would think that's wrong. And I, and I also don't want anybody continuing it on right, in my yeah. name. I done when I'm done, and then I'm just going to tell every single, not even, not even six people. I'm going to tell every single person in the cult that they're the next one in charge. Mm-hmm. That way, it just, it's over because everybody is like, I'm see, doing I would my just, bit, I know? would just come in one day before I, you know, when I'm feeling I'm going to die, and I would call everybody in, and then I'd be like, let's just like call it a day, guys. And they're like, what? <laughs> we gave up our lives for you, and I'm like, yeah, but I just think like, we're good. Like we did everything, so. We had the orgies, we did the drugs, and then I'd throw up one of these, like, surfer, like, (laughs) hang loose. (laughs) All right, everybody. All right. Hey. Stay frosty, Keep it high and tight, am I right? (laughs) Come on. All right, I'll see you guys later. And then I would just wheel wheel myself out of there as quickly as possible. Uh, Oh, that's funny. With how devoted everyone was and the relationship between George and Harold being well-known, 
Everyone in the society accepted this, and thus Harold Alexander became the head of the Lorber Society. They were all just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I didn't want to do it, so yeah. that makes me happy. Good job. Yay, Harold. Also, for everyone listening, Harold is spelled not the way that you would think. It's spelled H-A-R-A-L-D, and I think that's cool. H-A-R-A-L-D? Mm-hmm. Harald? Harald, but it's Harold. All right. Anyway. I'm into it. Over the next two years, as he led the society, Harold began introducing a new belief to the group that they had to, you know, like cults. <laughs> that they had yeah. to. This guy's like so on the fucking money with like things that cults do. It's insane. Yeah. That they had to prepare for the arrival of the new prophet of the Lord. He Ooh. made it clear to the group that when this new prophet was born on the earth, Harold would know immediately and make oh. it known to the congregation. You know, like a cool little spidey sense for prophets. Well, I just think what a coincidence that this guy just happens to have the ability to sense when the new prophet is born, mm. when he's born immediately, and it can yeah. be whenever he wants. Yeah. It's almost like he was like, and I'm going to put in an emergency hatch here, and it's only for emergencies, and we can only use it once, but if things ever get sweaty, I'm just going to pop that open, yeah. and then I'm out of, I'm we're good. So yeah, yeah keep we, that in mind. He also made sure they understood that when this prophet arrived, they had to adhere to his every wish, no matter, no matter how strange or wrong his demands may seem. They perfect. That's the perfect cult rule. Mm-hmm. They had to comply for this was the will of God. I love just already he's like, okay, look, there's going to be a new guy. He's going to come in and I'll know all about him and I'll speak for him. And whatever he says, you have to do and you can't question him. And it's important to remember it's not me. Like, I'll say these things, but it's not me. It's not me. It's God. Okay. And also, maybe I am God. I don't know. We'll get there. (laughs) I guarantee if if this lasts for another five years, he was moving towards it. I think if he had. Yeah. 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 Approximately two years in 1953. Uh, after he had taken leadership of the Lorber Society, Harold and his wife welcomed their second child, a boy who they would name Frank. Upon his first look on the child, Harold said he Uh-oh. immediately knew that this boy, his son, was no the way. prophet the society had been eagerly waiting for. His yeah! son? It was his son? What Ooh! are the chances? It's the... <laughs> What are the chances that his son was the prophet? That's crazy. I Hey, don't shoot the messenger, okay? Right. He's literally just the messenger, so don't be my, mad at uh, him. My son wants you to take off your top. Right? There's like a three-year-old kid in the room, and he's like, yeah. my son wants you to suck I was my just thinking a straight-up baby. Yeah. You know, and she's Some, just like, like... Someone from the congregation comes to visit, and the wife's not home, and he's like, she's like, oh, he's adorable, and I can't believe he's going to be the prophet. And he's like, yeah. Oh, what's that? Mm. Yeah, my son says that I I should really get my balls sucked right now. What do you... God, weird, right? It's weird. But you have to do it, because remember I said that? Remember I said that? Remember I said that? And you said that Oh, God said that. Oh, God said that I should say that to you? And so, okay, I'm just going to take my pants off, and here we go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes. Once again, everyone within the group accepted this. And thus, as he grew up, Frank was shamelessly adored and revered and worshipped by all those around him. Oh, fuck. They're literally doing heavens, uh, not heavens, gate. They're uh, children of God, aren't mm. they? They I mean, they literally did. That's a, oh, fuck. 
This greatly shaped the way that Frank would come to view himself and his role in the world. By the time that Frank had reached elementary school, elementary school age, uh, he fully believed that he indeed was the prophet of the Lord and began to use this to his advantage to boss his family around, especially his mother and three sisters. And no one fought back against this. And we're not talking bossing around like, nah, you go get it. We're talking like, you are my servant and you will yeah, do anything a, and everything for me. I was afraid you were going to say that, but it's funnier when I imagine he's like, you know, I'm Jesus, right? Yeah. Mm, I don't think we are going to have peanut butter and jelly today. Jesus says, funnel cake for lunch. <laughs> so, got to do what Jesus says. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, Jesus says no homework, right? Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, that is very cute and very fun. But it's I hope not that's that. the end of the story. Oh, no, Mason. <laughs> you see, Mason, when the boy reached 16 and thoughts of sex had entered his mind, that's when things started to get icky, Mason. See, Frank subscribed to the belief, uh, uh, beliefs of the Lorber Society that all those outside of the group were impure and evil. Therefore, he had the brilliant idea that since he had these sexual urges, he must satisfy them with his own mother. When he went to his father with his proclamation, Harold was ecstatic and supported his son in his incestuous desire as did his mother, Drogma. But his mother was not enough to satisfy him, so Frank also decided that his sisters were to be fair game for his sexual urges. His father again agreed and encouraged his son and also joined in, beginning to have sex with his eldest daughter, Marina, as well as his wife. <clears throat> the Alexander women never objected as they truly believed they were servicing and pleasuring the prophet of the Lord, Frank and Alexander, dad. and his dad. Which is just wild, Yeah, but okay. The youngest daughters, Sabina and Petra, twins, were taught that the behavior taking place at their home was completely normal. Despite the fact that they had few friends, the girls still spoke openly about what was transpiring at home. Word then soon spread among the parents of the schoolchildren and the police. Harold was tipped off by someone that the Hamburg police was about to open an investigation into his family and discovered that members of the Lorber Society had become aware of the incestuous acts taking place within the Alexander household and therefore wanted nothing to do with the family, planning to cut ties with the Alexanders completely. You know, so I guess credit to the Lorber Society. They were like, whoa, we are a cult, but we draw the line at incest. It does make me feel a little bit better, yeah, that this yeah. wasn't an entire cult thing. It was just one terrible, terrible family. <clears throat> yeah, it, um, it's not fun. Because uh, I'm not sure how old the, the youngest sisters would have been. Because I, th I believe Frank was 17 at, at the end of all this, and the two were 15 so two years younger than him and the oldest was 18 so she was a year older than him so if he was 16 she would have the oldest would have been 17 when her father started having sex with her Ugh. and the youngest the, the the two twins would have been 14 jesus christ yeah. holy Yikes. shit harold however was not going to let this happen 
He seemed to want to appear in control of the situation, so he went to the Lorber Society and announced that he was retiring from his leadership position. And he was the one who was going to completely sever ties with the Lorber Society. And after this... I'm, I'm breaking up with you first. Yeah, so it's it's like, yeah. Suck they were, a dick, idiots. Yeah, the girl was in the car and she's like, listen, I just think this isn't working out. And he's like, I'm breaking, I'm up, breaking with you. up with you. So... <laughs> I Well, no, I was just saying that you know, I think that this hasn't been going really well. Yeah, well, I dump you. I, I'm dumping you, so. You were going to... You slag. Do, you were already going to do that? Yep, I was... You also have been thinking this? I'm also, while? yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. Why are you crying? <laughs> because I was so excited to do it. I, I, oh, my God. <laughs> this Get is out. why... Get out! This is why I'm. This is why I'm breaking up with you. I'm breaking up with you. You. Yeah. You fucking you bitch. Yeah. Does it does it feel oh like that though? Oh my god. It doesn't feel like that. So what's happening? Does it? It kind of feels like I'm breaking up with you, huh? No, because I said it first. Give me your wallet. What? You give? No. Give me your wallet. Yeah. Give me your wallet. Maybe I'll stay with you if you give me your wallet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you need? Like, what do you got? Yeah. Just uh, give me everything. Here you go. Cool. Yeah. I'm, we're still breaking up, though. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, with, uh, with the ties to the Lorber Society being severed and uh, uh, Harold being aware that the Hamburg police was going to open an investigation to his family, the Alexander family packed up all their belongings and headed south to Santa Cruz, the capital of Tenerife, in the Spanish Canary oh, Islands. Not that Santa Cruz. Not, not Captain. Yeah, yeah. We all got longboards. <laughs> huh? Huh? That's huh? a joke about the Santa Cruz skateboarding mm, company. Yeah, yeah. That was very good. And anyone who knows anything about Colts knows that when Colts move to new, loca- new locations... Things. Everything gets better normally, and everything they probably were like, we're not weird anymore. Oh, Everything's great now. No, Mason. God, no. I'm really not doing too well on no, my predictions. So. No. You see, the Alexanders set up in a small apartment on Calle Jesus Nazareno, which is uh, Jesus Nazarene Street. There, they seemed to be, uh, in all accounts, totally normal neighbors. Aside from the organ music playing sometimes late into the night, or the occasional strange chant heard coming from the apartment, the family was nice and cordial to all they whom they encountered. Doing uh, acapella version of "Hooked on a Feeling." Yeah, so there was like, "I can't stop this feeling." I can't mimic it. Hooga chaka, hooga hooga, hooga chaka, hooga hooga. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. And the fucking just, the dad's going crazy on like the organ version of it. Just. Uh, Also, what are these people? Fucking vampires living in a castle. They're blasting organ music into the late hours of the night. Well, I just can't believe that this is probably the first time a German couple ever had to leave. To a South American, mm. or uh, sorry, I guess this is uh, space. Babe. To a to a uh, Hispanic country. Yeah, mm. to escape their perceived crimes they committed in Germany. Uh, thank God that never happened. Yeah, I've been thinking Especially, about taking a trip this? to Argentina this is, recently. This is like the fifties. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah it especially like... never happened about <laughs> right after the 40s ended. It especially was never yeah. at this time for sure. Also, I like that the neighbors were like, yeah, they were pretty normal, except for the times that we'd hear chants and organ music playing at three in the morning. But aside from that, pretty you know, normal. No, that's actually, what's funny is if they were like super goth, that's fine. Yeah. If they chant and have organ music but and they like but wear see, like all black right. trench coats. But then but when they, they come like out and they're, they're like, clean cut with a little yeah. like, that's when you're like, oh, I got to watch out for these guys. I'm calling the police. If, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's scary. Again, remember guys. If you hear uh, organ music coming from an apartment at night and they come out in their goth, mm-hmm. a-okay. If yeah, they come out and they look like Mormons, to. you got to run because yeah. you're in trouble. Ask them. Well, you can ask them, like, hey, are you working on, like, uh, Phantom of the Opera? Mm-hmm. And if they say yes, that's fine. But if, they if they're just like, no. Actually, no, I'm just- you should come over and, and see, actually. We've got this group, and I think you'd really dig it. No, always no. say no to always that. Never no say that. yes to that. Unless you think it could be a sex orgy. No, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not no. worth it. It's not worth it. Because also, uh, I, sorry, because Jose, this sounds like it is a sex orgy, and you don't want to be a part of it. Not this one. No. Yeah. Nope. On the night of Wednesday, December twenty second, nineteen seventy, Harold and Frank appeared on the doorstep of the villa belonging to Doctor Walter Trankler a well-known German family doctor. They were there looking for 15-year-old Sabine, who had taken a job as a domestic helper and had been staying at the doctor's for a couple of days working. The doctor found the girl in the kitchen cutting some food and told her that her father and brother were there to see her. As Trankler stood back, letting the girl have some privacy, he couldn't help but notice that the two men seemed to be covered in mud from head to toe. As he observed, he overheard Harold tell Sabine, Sabine, dear, we wanted you to know at once that Frank and I have just finished killing your mother and your sisters. The girl took her father's hand and put it on her cheek, and to Trankler's amazement, simply said, That's wonderful, father. Dr. Trankler stood in shock for a moment, staring at the Alexanders. When Harold caught Trankler's stare, he said, very matter-of-factly, It seemed that the murders had already been reported by neighbors who overheard the commotion coming from the apartment by the time Trankler called. So the police raced over to the villa. The police arrested all members of the family, and Detective Inspector Juan Hernandez and Detective Sergeant Manuel Perrera went to the Alexander flat, accompanied by a police physician. What they Hi, found... I'm a doctor in- police officer. It's nice to meet you. I'm a doctor. <laughs> Go ahead. I just want everybody to know Dr. that me, Police Dr. Up. Cop, on the seat. Dr. Cop. I'm Dr. That's, Cop. That's the new uh, like drama coming to whatever the channel is that has like Grey's Anatomy and Chicago Fire. I don't know which one it is. CBS, maybe? Seems like I a mean, CBS it's, thing. It is a golden opportunity because the two most popular, I mean, Our I guess cop and, is, yeah. yeah, Cop and Doctor Procedurals. Hi, I'm May- Copter. Copter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Copter, MD. <laughs> MD, The what's young the doctor, gun? but he's got a gun. <laughs> Copter, Copter, MDPI. Wow. Mm. Mm. Imagine how much crazier house would have been if he had a gun. Did, did he have a gun in that show? <laughs> i never seen it. I don't it. know. Seems like the title. I don't know. He might have. What they found inside was a grisly scene. After breaking down the door, they found the apartment in complete disarray. 
Broken dishes, torn papers, and clothing lay strewn about about the room. The ceiling, walls, and floors were stained with blood, and in the middle of the living room were the mutilated bodies of the two Alexander sisters, 18-year-old Marina and 15-year-old Petra. The oldest had been disemboweled, and both had their genitals and breasts hacked off and nailed to the walls. In the bedroom were the violated remains of the mother, 39-year-old Drogma Alexander. Her breasts and genitals had also been hacked off, but unlike the two sisters, the killer had removed her heart, wrapped a cord around it, and hung it on the wall. I just... I don't know how this pilot is going to get off the ground. I don't think Copter is... I mean, this is pretty hardcore for a first episode. Ah. I mean, they're dead. Do you have, do you have a uh, better sir. pitch? They're, they're dead. Uh, as my professional yeah, like, cop doctor opinion. <laughs> I, li- I, I want, you know, to bring levity to the situation, I'd like to imagine that the, the two detectives just slowly turned to the doctor physician and he was, or the cop physician, and he was just like, well, it's my professional opinion that these three women are dead. Yeah. And then they just slowly turned back to look at the scene. Yikes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yikes is fucking right. Holy shit. When the two Alexander men were taken to the police station, they admitted to the murders of the three Alexander women and willingly relayed the events to the police as they had occurred. The father and son had been home with the three women while Sabine was at the doctor's villa. At some point uh, the afternoon of the murders, Drogma and Harold had left the living room to go lie down in their room and take a nap. Shortly after the parents had laid down, Frank, too, would leave the living room. He would enter the parents' bedroom, sit at the edge of the bed, and stare down at Drogma. Drogma would roll over and look about her son. It was at this point that Frank told police that the look she gave him was suggestive and offensive to him. He believed that the manner in which she was looking at him was not permitted. And this was when he knew. The killing hour was upon them. At this moment, I should explain exactly what the killing hour was. It was not a part of Lorber society beliefs, but rather something that Frank and Harold had come up with on their own as they began to follow their twisted and deranged belief system. According to Frank and Harold, women were impure, and the only way to purify them and allow them entrance into heaven was to murder them. It was understood by every member of the Alexander household that at some point Frank would murder all the women in the house in order to allow them entrance into heaven. When this killing hour would be upon them, it was the women's job to lie patiently and wait for their turn, as it were. Pretty bananas, right? Just the pure... Oh my fucking god. I think what's so interesting about this case, and we'll get into it maybe a little bit in the end, is just the pure devotion that every member of this family seems to have. Just total and complete and utter blind devotion. Anyway, it's just the idea idea of being like, one day I have to kill you, and them just being like, yeah, no, 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 that sounds right, you know? Well, that makes sense. That checks out. That's, holy shit. Mm -hmm. After deciding that the killing hour was upon them, Frank announced out loud to his mother this very fact. 
He then got up and grabbed a nearby wooden coat hanger and struck Drogma upon the head with it. Drogma then accepted... What was that? With a coat hanger? Yeah, you know, like those thick wooden ones that they'll hang big coats on? Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like a weird one. Yeah. Drogma then accepted that the killing hour was upon them and turned herself onto her stomach and laid flat as her son viciously beat her repeatedly. While this happened, Harold leapt out of bed excitedly and ran into the living room and began very enthusiastically playing the organ. This brought Marina and Petra out into the living room. Where that they is are. fucking terrifying. Right? That is the scariest fucking thing I could even imagine happening. Holy shit, that's so scary. The murders are terrifying and horrible. The dad excitedly jumping up to play the fucking organ. The organ is already the is such thing. a scary instrument to me. You know yes. what I mean? But and the idea of murders happening while an organ is playing, I don't know why, yes. but that's so fucking terrifying. Ugh, and just God. the idea that this man woke up, saw his son beating the woman who I'm assuming was the love of his life, who he you know chose to start a life with, who bore his children to him. And then just being like, yes, you know? And I guess, you know, we'll get into in the end, and there's explanations as to why he was like this. But anyway, so Marina and Petra came out into the living room from the rooms where they heard the commotion coming from the bedroom of their parents, and the two girls peeked inside. There they saw their brother violently beating their mother to death. And at this point, it seems that Harold announced to the two, girl, to the two sisters that the killing hour was upon them and they should prepare for their turn. The girls made their way over to the center of the living room and sat, cross-legged, patiently waiting. After a while, Frank stopped beating his mother over the head after she had presumably, presumably died and walked into the living room and, without missing a beat, began to beat Marina over the head as well, and that's the oldest sister, until she fell motionless onto the living room floor. He then repeated the same thing with Petra. Frank left the living room and entered the kitchen where he grabbed a small knife, small knife, pruning shears, and a hammer and returned to hack off the sexual organs of his sisters and his mother. Jesus Christ. This was a very daunting task and so the father and son switched off with one hacking off the offending parts and the other playing the organ. So again, throughout this entire thing, the organ is still playing. That is the scariest thing mm-hmm. yeah. in the entire, the, the scariest thing I could imagine. With the women dead, the father and son ran around the apartment yelling and singing excitedly uh, because of what they had done. They then left and spent the night at another property they had before going to the doctor's villa the next morning. During the trial, Frank Alexander was always out of sorts, making faces and gestures that were typical of an unbalanced person. Very Manson-esque. But I think the key difference here is Manson, we know, was playing it up to be like, look, I'm crazy. Let me out. I don't know if that was the case with Frank Alexander. Harold, on the other hand, seemed to be vacant and unpresent. Both remained silent and did not answer any questions during the hearing. The two forensic experts, Drs. Serrano and Velasco Escasi, stated that the father suffered a mental illness of the chronic 
delirious, schizophrenic type, while they attributed to his son a psychic contagion or an induced disorder. Okay, so basically what happens when you make a kid think he's mm-hmm. Jesus his entire yeah. life or raise a kid to think right. that they're Jesus? Yeah. And therefore, both the father and son, of course, were deemed unfit to stand trial. I included a picture of them, if you want to pull that up, Mason. And just look at how crazy this kid looks. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And again, the dad just looks very, like, silent. Very, like, yeah, vacant. Holy shit. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's one of those pictures that just speaks volumes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Both men were committed to an asylum for the criminally insane. They never seemed to show remorse and believed until the end that they had done the right thing. Sabine Alexander begged the authorities to let her be in the asylum with her father and brother, but she was rejected and instead was sent to live out her days in a convent. And after that... Nothing is known of her. They sent her to a convent because they believed that that would satisfy her desire to be away from the impure and evil people of the world. Oh. Um, and they and she was still a minor, so they felt like that right. would be the best. And she was, I, she, I guess she was also charged. So. She was charged. I'm I'm assuming if if the court is like sentencing her to go live out her days in a convent. I guess maybe they just did they find her. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. You know. She was just too mentally ill to mm-hmm. live on her own, too. And I'm assuming. Well, after she went to the comet, we really don't know what happened to her. It's possible she changed name. There's some rumors that she changed her name, and that's why we never heard of her. But anyway, 20 years or so after their sentencing in 1990, Frank and Harold shockingly managed to escape the asylum. Interpol escape? would Escape? Yeah. I assumed they just probably... I actually wouldn't have been surprised if they were like, they just let them out after 20 years. It's no, crazy they were that sentenced they to be there for the rest of their life, and they, they escaped. Why would they be allowed to be with each other? They, those Seems pretty crazy to me. to be separated. Two different countries, you know what I mean? Yeah. Interpol would issue a search and arrest warrant, but to no luck. To this day, the men's whereabouts are unknown. Harold Alexander would be in his 90s, and Frank would be 66 or 67 years old uh, to this day, in this day, today. That is in so much, that's so much younger than I want yeah. to hear. And that's the end of the story of the Alexander family murders. Uh, it's pretty fucking bananas, wouldn't you say, Mason? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very unpleasant, is what I would describe that story as. Is it's unpleasant? <clears throat> I think, and again, I think I mentioned I, I've started watching Midnight Mass, and Midnight Mass is a very good um, view into how religion can be bad. You know what I mean? How pure, unregulated devotion can lead to bad situations, and you know it's tough uh, because yeah. I, uh, although I am. I would identify as a lapsed Catholic at this point, very like loosely lapsed Catholic. Um, I still respect people who believe, but I think that you have to recognize any sort of belief, religiously, um, socially, you know what I mean? It can become very dangerous. And I think this is a case that shows that. And we're not psychologists, so what we're saying is just our opinions i mean i think so it's take important. it with a grain of salt you know but accepting that there's an all-powerful god is okay is understandable it's when you start being like and whatever this guy says 
is what God's trying to say. Yeah. Is the scary thing. For me, the most fa- – there's so many parts of this case to explore. There's a lot. You yeah. know, the, the three women – or yeah, the, all the women of the Alexander household, just so, especially the mother, who's an adult yeah. and choosing to go along with her husband's and who ideology. Didn't necessarily grow up in this no. uh, type of uh, yeah thing. I and mean, she may have, I guess we don't know. But right, but like bringing, I don't know. It's just, and of course the, it it is it is very insane to me that. They just willingly accepted this, and I think that yeah. just shows the power of, of um, a belief that you can well, ingrain into someone's life. To I be suppose like, it's this when you're has a family. To. Mm-hmm. That's you know what I mean. I think that's like, why it was so much easier for this cult, the, the, you know, right. which is you know, if you want to call it a cult or not. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. 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 And I think to me, the father is the most interesting figure here because and of course he was diagnosed with schizophrenic which makes a lot of sense as right. to why he would uh be okay with the death of again like i said the woman he had married and spent mm-hmm. his life with his daughters who came from him and that right. this woman had bore to him and w- was okay with mutilating their bodies and, and murdering them and and then yeah Fr- frank himself is a very interesting uh, figure as well because it's like it's the idea of like what happens if you raise someone believing that they are special in the bad way, which you know yeah. that's a whole conversation about like should you should praise your kids, but well, you yeah, also shouldn't should empty it, praise it, them. It, you know what not, I mean? Well, yeah, I mean you should make your kids feel special. You shouldn't tell them that they're Jesus. You yes. shouldn't tell them that they're the next prophet. Yeah, I just my think, mom was like Mason. You can do whatever you want, but she was never like. Did you know that you're God's favorite person in the world? That God chose you right, to tell that's people me. what to do? Because my mom told me that. Mm. Oh. Am I not? Oh. No. Yeah, buddy, no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. It's, oh man, it's just a crazy, crazy case. And of course the women are victims, 100%. Um, I, I would say even Frank, to an extent, is also a victim because it was all the father's manipulation, uh, in a, a victim of the brainwashing, I guess, that this father relayed onto his family. It's very much not a victim because he committed these heinous, heinous crimes. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, three women whose, life, whose lives were cut short. Two, un, one was 18, one was 15 of the girls, and it's just, oh, man. That's... Pure, pure, and it feels like a fucking batman it's like a, it's serial. A horror movie you know yeah, what I mean? yeah I mean, it doesn't feel real i mean no no it's, it's like horrifying. seven yeah like there feels like there should have been a detective like that followed them from hamburg that like you know was trying to crack the case and shit right before it happened but yeah fuck did they ever did they ever talk about I mean were the Hamburg police just like all right they're gone like you know what I mean did they try to I, I mean I, pretty I'm much. not even saying they did anything wrong I don't know what, what no but pre- it's, it, there's very little but. on this case out there surprisingly to me well it's that it's the thing that where it's like it's so much mm-hmm. that like you know what I mean it's like you look at like certain certain serial killers that are like more heinous than like Ted Bundy, you know what I mean? Who's, I think, we arguably the most popular serial killer, right? The most famous serial killer yeah. in America is because his crimes are atrocious 
and they're disgusting and awful, but they have a like a level of like that's an understandable monster. Like cases like this never reach that true crime mania thing because they're so just mm-hmm. bizarre and atrocious. Yeah. Like it's just a whole new level of something that nobody can understand and it's yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's um yeah, it's uh it's horrible. And um but yeah, it seems like the the police had was already going to you know start this investigation and move against the family because they knew that they were incestuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they left, no one really knew where they went. No one from Germany right. knew where they went. So I think the Hamburg police were just kind of like, it's not our problem anymore. Because to them, they yeah. were just like, well, they're just having sex with each other, which is wrong. But they're not here anymore. Right. You yeah. know, pretty it's good unpleasant. one. unpleasant. Yeah. Pretty good one to come back on, I'd say. Uh, and by yeah. good one, I mean one that will make you, the listeners go, I need to go walk outside in the sun. Yeah. And COVID made me lose my taste. This story made me lose my appetite. Mm. Yeah. Any other thoughts that you want to share on this before we wrap it up, Mason? Um, if you meet somebody who is a confident that they are speaking for or of the bloodline of Jesus or a prophet, don't hang out with them. No. No. And uh, like, again, this is what I've always, this is what has made me step away from organized religion a bit. And again, I'm because not, you met me and I explained to you that I'm Jesus and, that you're whatever, Jesus, and yeah. how everything works and that the Catholic church is wrong and, about it. Yeah. And uh, like, again, we mentioned it, like, you know, everyone is allowed to believe what they want to believe. And it, this isn't, you know, we, of course, we both hold different beliefs than very religious people and even from each other. But for me, I think the problem comes with organized religion or, you know, when, when men, and, and I mean men as in like humans, get involved in some sort of holy message, their agendas, their, their uh, uh, what's the word, uh, temptations, their desires will muck things up. And I think that yep. can be so dangerous with religion and with little sex, especially smaller sex, is that yeah. these men who have something wrong with them or have this strange of have a desire for power or control will muddy the message because I don't think the problem comes in the messages uh, per se or the core, I core tenants for most. But I I think the problem comes in when someone says, well, the Bible says this, but don't, don't don't look it up. It's kind of like he told me and it's a, you know, it's, it's, I, it's interpretation. I I don't think the the Bible is inherently problematic, but the interpretations of it are, I mean, it goes back to the whole thing of like, you know, never in the Bible did it really say that gay people are bad. But in the sixties, when the church decided they were against gay people, that's when translations started coming out that were like, homosexuality can be bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same thing of it's like we've got a thing that's I mean, I think it's fair to call the Bible vague. Yeah. As far See, as I believe that the Bible's teachings, uh, I mean, suggestions, it's, it's, a story. it's not it's not it's even, a story. It's, yeah. It's not meant yeah. to be taken literal, which is why I left my evangelical that says college. Like, here's it's not like a, it's not like here's tips on how to be a better person. It's a fucking it's a story. So, yeah, you have mm. to interpret it. And that's. But it's not meant to be taken literal. Um, 
no religion, religious texts, I feel like, should be taken like, oh, yeah, I need to... Well, see, but that's what... I don't know if that's entirely true, though, because I think the biggest problem comes when people try to interpret it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you can... I think it. I think you can't take the Bible literal because the Bible doesn't say anything super literal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The problem is that the, the Bible itself is vague, and when people read it, they're like, this means this thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're probably right, but you can never really be sure. Tell you what, tell you what. I'll just put on my interpretation of it, and people should listen to my interpretation of it. Because Jesus has been talking to me. Um, well, of course he has, because I've been talking to you. You do a podcast with Jesus every Sunday. I'm just happy I came back at a time that beards were popular again. So. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he came in, like, mid-2000s. Yeah, it would have been a bummer. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's the Alexander family. It's horrible. Um, don't trust people that say that they have a direct pipeline to God. If the, if me, if they're if they're I going, Jesus. I mean, for the most part, I just don't trust them. But when somebody says God makes it, God wants you to listen exactly to what I have to say, no matter how strange the request, it's probably not good. It's and I'll probably, tell you what: if you do feel the need that you have to do, if you have to do that, I'm Jesus, and listen to me. Yeah. Because at least I won't tell you to do terrible shit. I can't wait for the Captain's Log cult to take off, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. The loggers. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. We should start a line of beer as well. Oh. Loggers. Loggers, good, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, that's it. It's time to wrap the show up, Mason. Thup, 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 thup. <sighs> If you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify. You can't leave a written review on Spotify, but you can leave uh, like five-star ratings, which you should all go do because it helps out a ton. Uh, and we'll read your review on the show as always. Uh, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash captainslogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. Another thing you could do to help the show... And yourself is go over to Tee Public and shop our merch. You can get anything from T-shirts to mugs to prints with our designs on it. Remember, if you donate slash support our sponsors, it all goes towards improving the show, getting better recording equipment, etc. Mason, where can the fine listeners find you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Mason Schrader, M-A-S-O-N-S-H-R-A-D-E-R. Mm-hmm. You can follow me there. I don't use it a lot. but And uh, you can also find him on his website where he's sharing the gospel of the Lord. Mm. You can also, yes, you can, you can find me in your heart because I'm everywhere. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at j.valle underscore junior. And the show on Twitter and Instagram at Captain's Log Pod. We recommend various different materials on there and post show updates and post some occasionally funny things, so go check it out. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr., Animal Productions, and of course the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. If you can't get enough of me, you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the log, Max Benyon, called Max and Jose Have Something to Say. Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show and uh, if you enjoy it. And if you'd like to share your opinion on this case or maybe have some insight to share, please do so by writing into captainslogcast at gmail.com. You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play and any other podcast directory. 
thanks to Carlos Rivera for composing our new show's theme. With that, everybody, we've reached the end of our show. We'll see you soon for another special episode. I've been your captain, Jose Valle Jr., joined by... A very sleepy... Mid-yawn, Mason Schrader. I thought I had time to get it out. It, I didn't. I was wrong. And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. Beep, 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 beep.